Welcome everyone back to another episode of the Team Blaney Podcast. My name is Adam Rogers and alongside me is co-host Steve Mez. The Team Blaney Podcast is brought to you by fans for fans. Steve and I have been diehard followers of the Blaney Racing family for two decades. Today, we closely follow third-generation driver Ryan Blaney, who pilots the number 12 Ford Mustang for Team Penske on the NASCAR Cup Series circuit. Each week on the podcast, we will review Ryan's latest NASCAR race and then preview the race for the upcoming weekend, offering news, notes, statistics, and analysis. Steve, we're back. With another episode of the podcast, fresh off the Xfinity 500 at one of our favorite tracks, I think mutually, Martinsville Speedway up there in Virginia. And it was a very important race. It was the final race in the round of eight, and Ryan Blaney was vying for a spot uh, in the championship four. And I know we're going to recap the race, but um, I know I know a lot of Blaney fans out there are a little bit uh, stinging this week, a little bit disappointed in the, in the results, and... Um, I can't. I can't blame anybody. I mean, as a fan of of sports, as a fan of some uh, some good teams, uh, personally, like Ohio State and some other teams like the Browns. Uh, <laughs> I've been there. I've had the highs. I've had the lows. Um, but I think we'll talk about it. We've had a lot of highs this season uh, to to keep us going, and we still have another race that that's up here. But overall, champion or it wasn't championship weekend, but the the playoffs in all three series drama capital D-R-A-M-A, across the board, drama in all three races. I watched all three races start to finish. Uh, made an exciting weekend overall, and um, lots of news stories <laughs> came out of all of those races as well. I'm glad you reminded me there's a race next week, first off, because I almost felt like the season was over <laughs> at the end of the race. I'm like, oh, what a long, great season. And I thought, it's over, right? Oh no, there's one more week now. Yeah, <laughs> and I think normally normally we'd be all like, you know, if if, if Ryan would have made it, we'd be like, yeah, there's one more week. He's got a chance, you know. And the thing about that people, you know, it's disappointing, yes. But uh, like we said, um, you know, when you look back on the season itself as a whole, there's a lot of great stuff to talk about. There's a lot of great things that happened. And, you know, this is a young driver. This is not somebody who's in his forties. Who's like, this might be his last hurrah or last chance. Um, a lot of these things are learning experiences that, uh, that you take something from too, where, uh, okay, this year we learned how to do this and this and got better at this. And we're able to do that. And, you know, just like, um, the win at, at Atlanta, you know, you know, he had always been great at mile and a half. He's always run, a, led a lot of laps at mile and a half tracks. And what did he always say? He's, he said it himself, like they got to finish one of these things and they did it. They, you know, he did finish one. And now we're at that point where now we're going to do that every week at the different types of tracks. And then he does do that a couple more times as the year goes on. So, you know, next year it's, it's really bright, uh, you know, that we're moving up. We know what it takes now. We, you know, we got to eight and then we know what it takes now to get to four. And, you know, I think that next year's focus will be on nothing but that getting all the way down, you know, to the championship. Outside of the truck series race, which had, I think pandemonium from start to finish, uh, both the Xfinity race and the cup race were kind of tame for, you know, at least half the race, it wasn't really until the last hundred laps of this cup race that things really got chaotic. And the, that's when the points as they run really mattered and um, people, things going back and forth, people coming in and out. Um, 
like I said, drama with a capital D for sure is what we uh, enjoyed this past weekend at Martinsville. Cautions breed cautions. You know, the, the, the wife said it um, as we got later into the race, you know, she was predicting some things happening and she was exactly right. You know, there were that once they got to one caution, then all of a sudden, well, they're going to be another one. And a couple laps later, sure enough, there was another one because once they get bunched back up, and everybody understands what they have to do, then it just gets to be elbows up and and no take and or no give, all take. Everybody's like take, 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 and it made it fun. Uh, you know, there was literally some points and times at the end there where if this right combination of people wrecked each other, <laughs> you know, Ryan could have squeezed his way through, and who knows? Which was amazing, and it like actually gave me hope because I, you know, after um, the we'll talk about it, but the early incident that he ran into, and then going all the way to the back, you know, I was probably as low as I possibly could have been, and then after you know, you know, like I said, the last hundred laps, like it started being like, wait a second this this could be mathematically possible so it actually gave me some hope so that was kind of nice it was i wasn't depressed for the entire race so one of one of the late restarts he uh, he said uh what what do they say about rex here and they said yeah the rex go high he goes okay i'm taking the low <laughs> <laughs> so you know they were looking out for the trouble they knew trouble was going to happen ahead of them and and if it like i said if it happened just right who knows i mean just look at the truck race on friday night uh zane's actually in that second row and did he have a chance from the second row? Well, maybe, maybe not. But the things that happened right in front of him, you know, happened and he got right underneath it and took advantage. So, you know, uh, these things uh, come down to the last lap or last couple laps sometimes. And, you know, what we'd like to see next year, hopefully, is that uh, you come down to this race and not have to worry about it. You know, next next year, let's do what Larson did. That would be the best case scenario. Obviously, like you said, Zane Smith. So two out of the three races this week were people that were in must-win situations. So Zane Smith goes in, ends up winning the truck race, puts himself into the truck championship for uh, Noah Gregson, who's kind of taken or come on strong these last, you know, 10 races or so of the season, uh, was in a must-win situation, seemed to pull that out. And there's a few guys in this cup race that were in must-win situations, including Ryan, that really actually did have a shot to pull it out. So, But hey, why don't we just go ahead? We talk about this race. Why don't we just jump into our, our official race recap of the Xfinity 500 from this past weekend at Martinsville Speedway. Ryan Blaney, race recap. Martinsville Speedway. All right, uh, we had stages of 130, 260, and 500 competition caution lap 60. Uh, I wrote down a fuel window of 165 to 180, which, you know, for the most part, you don't really think about, but there were long green flag runs earlier in the race. So, you know, it was one of those things like you never know. Uh, the 11 failed twice on uh, Sunday morning and had to go to the rear. And I wrote that down just not only because it happened and he's one of the playoff guys, but also he was on the inside line. And when he does that, the whole inside line moves up one spot. So literally Ryan was just shotgun on all the, all, all you know, the, the other uh, playoff drivers, you know, and uh, that kind of good. Yeah. Worth mentioning too, that uh, only two of the playoff drivers going into this race past inf- inspection on the first time. So that's just kind of something we've kept track of. And one of them actually was Chase Elliott. Uh, <laughs> was one of the ones that passed the first time through. And I, it made me actually a little bit nervous because, like, man, I mean, I know this happens all the time. Like, a lot of times guys or teams will, will fail the first time through. It's not anything new. Um, but it was like, man, of all the places 
to fail inspection. It'd be just really weird to fail inspection at Martinsville, where you think, you know, aerodynamics, which is usually why people fail, uh, because, you know, a bumper or a side panel, something like a fender is, you know, just a little bit out of whack when it comes to the OSS system they go through. But, uh, yeah, luckily passed on the, on the second, second way through and were able to retain that starting position. Mm-hmm. Um, he had pit stall four, which is on the bend up at the front, um, going into turn one there. And, um, there was an opening behind him, which was kind of cool. So when he went to pull in, he didn't, he wasn't really blocking anybody. Um, P- uh, Roger Penske come on the radio, wished everybody uh, luck uh, before the, the, the uh, started engines there. Um, I got the restarts kind of jumbled because like I said, you're not going to pass, you know, pass, pass anybody. And a lot of guys are just looking to get in line. So by lap three, he is in, in eighth. And then he passed the one car uh, about 15 laps later, later to get to seventh. And, it does take more than a lap sometimes to set up a pass. You know, this is uh, not one of those things where you go down the back stretch, you get inside of them. And then on the front stretch, you pass the guy. Sometimes it's three or four laps of getting underneath him, getting underneath him, getting underneath him, and hopefully not hitting him, but, but moving him up out of the way enough that you can get past him. You know, um, at lap 30, uh, he's talking about no security on entry. And uh, this, this is something that ends up being plaguing the day basically is they've got, some sort of issues with the setup. And I know Todd in post post race interviews and stuff said that, uh, they don't know what happened because they used the setup. I think that they used before and the last couple of races, and they've been great the last couple of races. So we're not really sure if there was a gremlin or whatnot, but I think all the Penske cars had an issue and it was the same issue. So and they had to work on it the entire race long. I, I know we'll talk about it later, but there was a point where Ryan, Ryan was getting a little bit better. And then you hear uh, the TV broadcast saying Keselowski is asking over his radio, like, hey, what's the what's the 12 doing? Because we need we need some help. But yeah, Todd in his interviews during the week uh, post-race, they kind of befuddled a little bit. You know, he mentioned, yeah, we were good the last three races. Everything was great. I mean, the only thing for me I could think of is weather got really cold. Um, so I, I don't know. I didn't do check what, what the weather was the last two. So, but I know, you know, it dipped down into the low fifties. So maybe even forties at some point, but yeah, it's just, it just seems so weird that off the truck, I mean, I know there's no practice or qualifying, so they, they're going against that. They're going off of what they're doing on the simulator, but I don't, I guess it just seemed like going to the notebook wasn't the, the right move, but I don't know what, what the right move would have been. At uh, lap 34, uh, the 24 does bump and run on him, passes him to get to eighth. Um, Ryan goes to eighth. At lap 50, um, he basically tells him that he's having a lot of issues. Um, and Todd says, we'll get you fixed up. Um, the 48 passes him. He, he goes to ninth. At lap 60, the comp caution comes. And um, you know, Ryan says, there's no right rear you know, security there. Um, so Todd's going to come down a couple rounds, track bar, air pressure. Um, they, uh, pit seventh, come out 11th, um, they did two down rounds down the track bar and there was a penalty for the 11 on this. So, uh, it goes uh, 11th to the choose cone. The leader takes the top, Ryan takes the bottom, um, and the restarts at lap 67. So he's at 11th. It takes, it gets it up to 10th by lap 70. Uh, then at 72, there's a caution for the six and, um, Ryan says it took off better. Uh, the rear's not chattering as much. Um, and they're, they're working on the, the rear brakes. They do adjustments. They literally tell him every five to 10 laps, uh, what lap it is. And then he must do something with the brake bias for the rear brakes at that point. 
Um, choose cone. Uh, the leader takes top and Ryan takes, uh, the top also he's 10th on the choose cone there. Uh, fifth row, the restarts at lap 77. Um, and, uh, then he passes the 48. He gets himself up to eighth at lap 81. Um, he says it's really tight already again. Um, lap, uh, 93, <laughs> the three and Ryan tangle <laughs> as best can be described. Um, uh, it's just one of those things that these guys are still racing hard. And I know the three car last week. And then this week he's, he's actually got the car to be up there with those guys. So, you know, what happened, you know, was kind of bad for damage, but I mean, it's just one of those Martinsville things. Luckily they were able to fix it pretty, pretty quick. That RCR bunch has something figured out. Um, I think what's showing is the fact that those guys don't run up front enough to where they make a lot of mistakes, which, you know, maybe next year, or, I mean, I don't know if their gains will help them now since we're going to a brand new car, but you know, the last, mm-hmm. you know, this last half of the year here, both the eight of Reddick and the three of Dylan have been up front at, at for long periods during races. And obviously this damage that ends up in Ryan's, you know, left to rear uh, quarter panel and um, Austin Dylan's right front, um, one, they mentioned that the damage was good for Austin Dillon because it was going to cool that front right front tire and actually give him a little bit more grip. Um, it was good to a point where he continued to run well, but obviously you'll probably talk about it uh, as the race goes on here. He gets yeah. into a couple more incidents, but yeah. the weird thing was he would get in these incidents and he's hung around <laughs> still. He actually moved forward mm-hmm. uh, and stayed in the top 10. So I don't know what RCR has. They talk about Martinsville and, and Maple. This didn't work for Blaney, though. But they talked about Martinsville and finding like a really good setup and you hit on it and you're good for several races. Um, that three car, they found something. Unfortunately mm-hmm. for them, they're not going to be able to use any of those notes next year. But they found something yeah. where they were they were able to turn off that corner and go. Yeah. Power plant, I think, has something to do with it, too. Um, because they're, 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 they've got to deal with the Hendrick, uh, Hendrick cars too, with the, with the power plant. And, um, obviously the Penske cars, as we hear, as the day goes on, they have, don't have quite the power, um, which that's really a good point. And which yeah. was that the Roval where, what race was it that Ryan had had made a note to say, Hey Todd, I want to talk to you about mm-hmm. the three cars engine. Yeah. Um, I think it was the Roval actually. I think so. so. Um, yeah, I mean, and one thing, whatever, yeah, R- the, the decision between RCR or ECR engines technically, but mm-hmm. ECR and Hendrick to get together last year, that elevated, obviously. I mean, the Hendrick one that still won the championship last year, but it was kind of more of a Superman effort by Chase Elliott to make that happen. Um, but whatever they did, mm-hmm. engine-wise, deciding to work together has paid impressive dividends for Mm -hmm. all the Chevy organizations, but specifically those two groups. So, um, yeah, as far as my radioactive Ryan mentions it, that you'll hear it on the radioactive. If you hear radioactive on, uh, um, on TV there, Ryan mentions the power plant and Brad mentions the power plant that they just didn't have enough power to get there. And, um, something, something's been missing this year from, from, uh, the Fords on that. So maybe next year, hopefully they'll, they'll fix that because the cars are all going to be the same next year. The only thing that's really going to be different next year is going to be what's under the hood. So the, um, I don't know how far in depth we want to go into the Austin Dillon, Ryan Blaney. It's more of a feud that's uh, been among fans making it up to be a yeah. feud because 
Uh, I mean, one thing, you know, we chatted a lot before we hit record about this, but one thing that you don't notice is Dylan's not talking about it and Ryan's not talking about it. So that yeah. might tell you something as to whether that was any, an actual malicious event that happened during the race with Austin, you know, trying to take Ryan out or whether or not mistakes were made on, on both ends. And yeah, um, I think that that says something, the fact that it has not gotten vocal or they haven't mentioned anything. Todd right. Gordon in his interview actually he even said like, there's no reason to point blame on anybody and, and mm-hmm. what had happened in, in both races. So I know if you follow Team Blaney in the moment, you know, maybe I got a little bit with with some of my posts, maybe, you know, calling the the three out uh, out a little bit. So I didn't directly do it. All I said was two weeks in a row, but which is true. That is a factual statement that they've made contacts two weeks in a row. But I I would like to at least, you know, tell the folks that uh, listen to us that, you know, you might want to cool your jets a little bit on this because it's I, not a budding feud, I don't think. I like I like to take Ryan's lead on these types of things. I like to listen to what he has to say, even in the heat of the moment on the radio, but he didn't really say much on the radio. But then after the race, when they asked the question, because of course they come up, here's a microphone, and they go, what do you think? And what did he say? He made a joke. He's like, yeah, he keeps running into me. You know, I don't know what it is. With, I don't know what the deal is with him or whatever. But, you know, they go talk and that's the big thing is they go talk in the private. And that's what I like about Ryan too. For the most part, he's had a couple little dust ups with people where it ended up being in the public eye, but for the most part, he took takes, to, you know, behind closed doors, they talk about whatever it is. They straighten it out the next year. I'm sure they're not gonna have any problems with each other. And what the only two that really have really drawn much attention really was Kevin Harvick and Jimmy Johnson. And the Jimmy Johnson one was just so weird because if you hear Ryan talk or do interviews in the past, you know, outside of Dave, like Jimmy, outside of Dave, maybe Dave and Tony Stewart, Jimmy was like his mm-hmm. favorite driver. So yeah. the fact that they got into a little bit of a spat, but they, they were, there's that big story after that. Oh, they solved their problems over a couple of beers in the, in the yeah. driver's lot. Harvick. I don't know whatever happened there. I remember that that was just kind of more of a little tiny, it wasn't even a shoving match. It was just more mm-hmm. of a, a finger pointing and a, and a little shove back and forth. I don't know that but apparently that got worked out behind closed doors later on but yeah you're right yeah that's a that's a good idea take ryan's lead on this ryan's barely saying anything about it so that shows you that you know it's not really on his radar now for some crazy reason the three dumps them this weekend like blatantly that okay maybe we'll we'll come back on our next episode and and (laughs) maybe have something else to say but i don't think that's going to happen but i do think the three based on the way that they ran this week the three is probably going to be somebody ryan has to battle uh, up Mm -hmm. front next week though yeah um, I got, you know, he gets passed by a couple cars on this bump and run, uh, lap one Oh six, the 10 passes him. Also, he's up back to 12th. Um, you know, even with the damage there, the lap times are, you know, only about a 10th off the leader, um, at lap one thirty, he's the end of the stage nine wins the stage and Ryan finishes 12th at the end of the stage. Um, he tells him he's got zero turn. It's the front's chattering. Um, you know, they, they're, they're going to go with, um, fixing the damage first, tighten up with some wedge, um, the choose cone, the, the nines, the bottom, Ryan takes the bottom. Um, and, um, you know, they tell him, you know, Roger even jumps on the radio here and tells him it's a long way to go hang in there. And truthfully at this point, there is, I mean, there's still a couple hundred laps and a lot of things can happen. So, um, He's back in 20th at, at lap 140 here because they're fixing the damage there. They end up being back a little further. Um, but here he, he, you know, he passes uh, the three, gets the 19th. Um, 
you know, by lap 165, he's still, you know, 19th, um, back to 20th at lap 184. Um, and that lap 196 is a caution for the three. So the damage that happened to the three was enough where he, yeah, he started cutting tires and stuff like that. Um, yeah, again. And this was good. I mean, this is the kind of the joke where I've made in our, again, if you're not part of our Discord channel, you should go ahead and join that. But in the Discord, I was like, oh, finally, the three does something that, that benefits us, uh, causing that caution because Ryan was going to be the next car to, to go a lap down. So mm-hmm. that wasn't going to work out well. Plus, it would give it another shot at maybe trying to fix some check out the damage and Mm -hmm. and you'll say here they're going to take some big swings at the at the car at this point yeah i this stop here they're they're still fixing damage it's a long stop last car in the lead lap part of the reason it was a long stop is the socket broke on the gun (laughs) that uh you know hopefully this is not a problem with one lug nut next year uh but you're right they took the stagger out they uh, put a pound uh uh, in the in the right rear of air um uh, choose cone uh, the leader was 19th at this point took the bottom ryan took the top and there's a restart at 202 um he's up to and this is the the, the round the stagger out and the round out of the right rear um pound out of the right rear i'm sorry this is where things happen lap 206 he's 18th lap 220 passes the 22 for 17th lap 229 passes the 43 for 16th lap 234 passes the 23 for 15th lap 239 passes the four for 14th lap 249 he passes the 17 gets himself to 13th um the end of the stage comes there and uh the nine wins the stage and ryan's 13th so the swing they took right there something happened it went went the right direction he, he says uh you know it's, he, that's what he says. He says it's a step in the right direction. Um, and Roger says, good job out there looking good. Uh, you know, so even Roger gets on the radio, gives him a little attaboy, you know. I was pretty pumped <laughs> at this point because uh, things were, were turning around. It was like, like I said, I fell into a little bit deep state of depression uh, for a little while, uh, especially after they made that, that another pit stop and they made some changes to the car and you had just said like nothing happened uh, all the way until that caution with the with the three where they made the what turned out to be the best changes of the day so yeah. uh, finally it was like again something okay there's a there's a chance here he's kind of in at that point he really really was in must win situation because it's before any of the chaos happens a little bit later so i'm like well he's moved up yeah. through the field he hasn't been able to do that yet today so they've they've hit on something now they go in 13th to pit and they come out 11th so they gained a couple spots on pit road too. Uh, choose cone. Uh, the nine took the top. Ryan took the bottom and the restarts at lap two sixty eight. Um, so he's in 11th at this point at lap two eighty four. He passes the two to 10th lap two ninety three. He passes the one gets up to ninth and there's a caution lap three eleven uh, for the 52. And I think the seven was involved in that. Is that where the double zero hits the 52 also during the caution? I think. Yeah, and it actually was just an awful mistake because mm-hmm. the 52, I believe, just had a ton of damage and tried to go into the corner and basically couldn't turn. Um, now, I know those guys specifically race around each other pretty much all race, every race, in the back. So they could have more experiences to where maybe the double zero thought it was an intentional crash. But uh, unfortunately for the double zero, he goes and spins the 52 in front of one of the safety cars and we have found out that that is something you do not want to do because what they ended up parking the double zero for five laps. Not five that he, laps, yeah. not that that really mattered in the 
Well, maybe it did for them just because they were gonna they were keeping up with the teams they were around. So maybe it, it I shouldn't say it doesn't matter for them because they are racing for something even though it's in the back. But right. you probably found out you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't spin someone out under caution one, and you definitely shouldn't do it on a short track where the safety vehicles are going to be around you very quickly. Yeah. Um, you know, Ryan says more of that on the adjustments, and and of course Todd takes another adjustment in that direction. So you know, this is the interesting thing is they keep going that direction. Um, but something that doesn't work. I don't think, uh, the, they pin in ninth, come out ninth, uh, choose cone. The leaders, of nine takes the bottom. Ryan takes the top at this point. Um, the restarts at lap three twenty, um, and the 11 and the 24 basically kind of like break check the whole top lane, screwing up the restart. Um, there is a caution for lap two, a three twenty three for the, Oh, this is, this is where the 52 and the double zero actually hit each other um he's p11 at this point uh for the choose cone leader nine takes the top ryan takes the top um and at lap 325 they finally start talking about what they need to do todd tells tells them the 19 unless the 19 has an issue we need to win (laughs) so you know you know must win is a tough thing but on the other hand, you know what? If you tell me that all season you're going to get to the end of the year, you're going to get to the last race before the championship four, and you have a chance to get in and you have to win, well, at least you have that chance. You know, there's 30 other guys who don't have that chance right now. So, two things I want to bring up that involve that. So, one, two previous races this weekend, we already talked about it at the top of the show. Both must win scenarios, both of them won, Gregson and Zane Smith. Uh, now, my golf, uh, analogy just for josh williams here um i when i play golf not that great but i always say as long as i have you know enough chances where i could have gotten a par i see that as a pretty decent day if i'm on the green with a chance to putt for par i'm doing pretty decent i'm not that great at putting so i don't get that many <laughs> so that's kind of the, the same mentality it's like oh, like you just said we've got here we actually have a chance for a championship this is the first time in ryan's career um, you know, he's made it to the round of eight before, but even in that scenario, he did not really have the team or the car, I would say, at that point to really contend. Um, this time he did. Um, things go a little bit differently last week. He would have been way better positioned to point his way in uh, this week. So um, it was exciting. I mean, it was exciting as a fan. Like I said, the, the car at this point in the race was going forward. Um, things seem to be leveling out a little bit better. There was a lot of optimism, I think, at this point in the race and actually thinking that he could have a shot just based on his history at Martinsville. Um, lap 332, he's in 10th at this point. And at lap 334, he's in 13th, and there was a tire rub. And we're not sure. I don't know who hit him there. I'm not really sure. <laughs> he kind of like gets lost sometimes. At lap 337, he's back to 15th. And there's a the, lap 339 is a caution for the six. Um, and Ryan tells me we need to pit. Don't know what kind of damage I have. Um, so, you know, they take care of that choose cone. Um, the leader is the 22 takes the bottom and Ryan takes the bottom here and he's back in 22nd at this point because of the fixing the damage restarts right around lap three forty five. Um, at lap three fifty four four, we hear about the 19 overheating. We see this, uh, you know, the steam coming out of the car there. So all of a sudden we're thinking things like, Oh, well, he could blow up and then just totally vacate a spot, you know. Again, roller coaster of emotions. You know, Ryan's <laughs> car was moving forward. Now he's stuck all the way back in the back. And then, like, the 19 has an issue. And I'm like, oh my God, here we go. You know, finally, something that we could capitalize on. And we're sitting in the back of the field. Yeah. Uh, so, this is, and this is basically the feeling that we 
possibly and at least i did have the rest the remainder of the race was just like this tension of there's this possibility out there and we just need to get the car in the position to capitalize Mm um passionate lap 358 for the 41 car um uh, and uh let's see here chusco and the leader nine took the top ryan took the bottom he's back in 22nd this point on that restart lap 362 we get a caution at lap 379 for a spin by the 99. Um, Ryan says it's tight again. And that that's what's funny is that they went the other direction to really loosen the car up, and it's still getting tight on him. Um, I'd have to think a lot. At this point, that car's been beaten, banged, and mm-hmm. I think he had bounced off the wall at one point. And um, watching that in-car, which I was able to tweet uh, with – one, thanks to everybody for voting in the in the poll from NBC, I think, earlier in the week that got Ryan the in-car in the first place because he was up yeah. against three other drivers. Yeah. Um, but watching that in-car, you can really see um, that it is a contact sport at Martinsville. So mm-hmm. not surprised. Between hitting the car in front of you, you know, trying to let them know that you're there and you want to pass to the contact with the three, to the contact with whoever it was after that, you know, he's back there in that pack and he's racing hard, so... I think at that point, at this point, the car's just, you know, been hit in so many different directions that a lot of the changes they're trying to make, they're, I don't, I don't even know, whatever, t- I know it's Todd's last year, but uh, it has to be a stressful job trying to figure out how to, ch- how to fix a car. Yeah. Uh, they pit in 22nd, come out 17th there. Um, the leader, the three takes the top, Ryan takes the bottom. Um, lap 292, he's up to 16th. And he's in 16th for a little while there, all the way to lap like 340, 345. There's a caution for the three. Uh, he's up to 15th at this point. And they go pit um, in 15th, come out 14th. So he's 14th for the choose cone. The leader is the 11 who takes the bottom. Ryan takes the bottom. There's a le- the restart at lap th- uh, 443 here. And, um, you know, a lot of drama is playing out in front of them at this point, you know, with guys bumping each other in the front. Um, at lap four fifty, he's up to 13th and the 19 has damage. Uh, he ran into the two <laughs> and there's a caution at lap four fifty three for, uh, chase and, and, uh, Kozlowski as they bump into each other, Ryan is 12th at this point. Now, um, he has no more tires. <laughs> they inform him. We've got some scuffs, but the scuffs are older than what you have on your car right now. So we're not coming in the rest of the way. If anything, more cautions happen, we're, we're not going to worry about trying to take tires and capitalize. And I think even more happens to the 19 between now and the end of the race, but I don't know how this car, I know we talk a lot about the next gen car and how it's going to have this composite body and you won't get tire rubs, you know, all year long and pretty much the last, you know, several years of his career, he's gotten a weird tire rub here and there that's blown a tire into the wall, you know, loose wheel, all this stuff. It just seemed like for some weird reason, Truex had, he had the lucky horseshoe that, um, that all that damage, he had a fender that was bouncing off of the left front tire, like, and and he bounced off the wall at at some point. It's just, I don't know how this car made it to the end. Spoiler alert. Um, but it just, it was like, man, it's like everything was going against them. And, uh, that was the, you know, at least for several guys, that's who they really needed to fall out so they could get their spot in the championship four. but it just never materialized. I don't want to wish ill will on anybody, but if it meant, you know, Ryan getting an opportunity in and it just takes their car out, they don't get injured or anything. Then uh, I'm okay. Yeah. with it. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, lot 460 is a caution um, for the 47. And Ryan's to 10th at this point. So the choose cone, the leader takes the bottom. That's the 11 car. Ryan takes the top. The restart at lap 466. By lap 472, there's a caution for the 37. The 19 hits the wall at this point. Ryan is 13 for the cone. He's, of course, staying out. And the leader is the 11 taking the bottom. Ryan takes the bottom. And um, let's see here. Lap 43, they're 12th. Caution at lap 494, where the 48 punts the 11 <laughs> and Ryan's up to 11th. Um, and we get to this green white checker, I think, here. Choose cone, the leader, 48. And this is where I said, um, I think this is where it was where Ryan asked about accidents. He says, uh, you know, uh, accents usually go high here and he goes, I'm going to take the, take the low, I think here at this point, but, um, the 48 does win the race. Ryan finishes 11th and, um, choose cone, uh, you know, we harp on choose cone, harp on choose cone, harp on choose cone. And at the end of the race and Kyle Bush saw it in his rear view mirror and was really mad about it. Um, a lot of guys went bottom and the reason they went bottom, the same reason Ryan went bottom, because if there's an accident and it's going to go high and they'll get underneath it. And Truex said, thank you. <laughs> he moved up like what would have been about three rows from where he should have normally been. And that was, could have been like five to six spots that he gained. And if you look, I think he made it by three points. So right there, he put himself in the championship for just by choose come. It was huge. And it also shows you how kind of random it can be. Um, Cause even during the race, I saw a ton, a ton of people just on Twitter, also in our Discord chat, you know, complaining a little bit that, you know, in some key moments, Ryan kept choosing high. And I even said it, it's, it's a fact. He chose high and on several occasions in this race lost multiple positions, including in the, the second, second to last, third to rat, last restart there where you said, he, you know, he was in 10th, went high. And then by that next restart, he was in 13th for the choose cone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which he was, I think he was only in 13th because the nine had spun or something. So he actually would have been 14th. So he lost four spots and I was frustrated because it was like, here we are finally in the top 10. He went high again where high was not really working for him for the majority of the race. But as you were saying, and if you go back to some of our episodes where we've talked to Josh Williams, you know, Josh is kind of counting off lanes and the ultimate decision is to Ryan. I think we even asked Josh that specifically. Are you telling him high or low? And he's like, no, I kind of just count off, let him know how many people are in each one. And ultimately, it's his decision to pick. Normally, they're trying to go, you know, just quick math in their head, which one will advance them the most spots. But um, like you with the 19, though, you know, he couldn't turn that down. He uh, was, I think, at that point until that choose was out. Oh, he was out on the outside looking in, but he advances those spots, was able to go and get down low quick enough, mm-hmm. um, and and obviously ultimately advance into the championship four just based on the where he chose there. So all I would say, again, is just kind of pump the brakes a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it's just the choose, choose is difficult. It was working sometimes. There were points in the race where Ryan's car was working better in the second lane. At mm-hmm. this point, I don't know if it was working good anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but good enough to finish at least 11th. Again, it was one of those frustrating things where we've we've been in this position where he's been 11th with the last couple restarts in some of these races, and he's been able to track down uh, the 10th place car and pass him. I don't think he had enough time in this yeah. race to make that happen. No, but, um, agree with, agree but it was unfortunate. It was Oz. I was... I was, <laughs> I was kind of upset um, 
because even Josh has said in the past too, it's like getting that one extra spot, you know, kind of means a lot. I know they're already disappointed in this race overall, and we can talk about that next, but um, missing out on uh, on their opportunity to race for a championship next week at Phoenix, but uh, I guess this week now at this point, this week at Phoenix. So mm-hmm. frustrating day, um, had some bright spots. There was a, I, I can't say it was boring, uh, especially if, if you're a Ryan fan and you're watching the in car as many times as he was sent to the rear. Um, other bright spots of the day, the pit crew. Um, one, they fixed damage and still mm-hmm. managed to get out a couple of times, still being like the 20s and not being the 30s. Um, they gained positions on pit road multiple times, and that was without pit strategy happening. Mm-hmm. Um so the, the I don't pit, know gold the, gold star to the pit crew for this the week. the the gun breaking um the, he hurried up and got another gun too it really didn't cost them uh, that many spots I think it was I think it was a four or five spots that they end up losing but for a gun breaking that's not bad you know they said the on TV they showed it on TV that he you know he hurried up and got another gun out there as quick as he could he knew exactly what it what it went wrong so it was very confusing watching the in car all you can see is out Ryan's hood and you can see they're making the stop and then the, the, you know, the car's still jacked up and I see this, this tire changer run across and then run back around again. I'm like, Oh, something bad is happening. Um, cause it wasn't like just damage being fixed. I'm like, something is broke. And then, yeah, they said the, 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 uh, socket, the socket actually broke off of the gun and on the radio, they were telling Ryan like, Hey, this wasn't our fault. It's, it's a NASCAR, you know, the, all the pit crews get the same guns that are supplied yeah. by NASCAR. So he's like, it's not one of our, a piece of our equipment. It just broke. So, um, but yeah, I mean, overall, overall feelings, uh, disappointed, but we got to look at, at, at the season as a whole, I think. Yeah. I, I, that's the thing is like, I, I got a little more reflective once I got away from it. Um, because, you know, we've been chronicling it all year with the podcast. And uh, I even said that in a tweet somewhere in the, in the last day or so, where if you go back and look at the whole season as a whole and look at all the different things and how it kind of started a little slow, but then it picked up momentum. And then <clears throat> once again, there were a lot of goals achieved for, you know, for, for Ryan and, and the team, you know, they, he even said it in the last week or two that he wanted to win more than one race in a season. And they've done that. Um, playoff wise they put themselves in a good playoff position were able to overcome the first round of the playoffs you know that they didn't do last year um and then like i said they got to this point where uh we know that the car and the driver were good enough to win this this last race so even though they got to a point where they had to win um they still had a chance to win you know so yeah, you, you know, you want to be one of the four, don't be wrong, because next week, you know, if you're one of the four and you have a chance to win, you win a championship. So that's the ultimate goal. And I'm sure that that's next year's goal and the year after that, the year after that. So um, are you going to do it every year? Maybe not, but uh, the future is very, very bright. Um, they know exactly, you know, what it takes now to, you know, there's certain things that they've uh, overcame. And this year, what I saw uh, as a whole was a lot of overcoming adversity that all the good teams do. Um, you can go back through Larson's season. You can go back through uh, uh, Hamlin's season. All four of the guys that made the championship four, you go back through their seasons and you'll find moments where they had a flat tire, lost a lap. And then by the end of the race, top five. And Ryan 
and Penske and the number 12 team did that all season long. Something bad happened. And sure, on the radio, you hear a little frustration. And that's why I don't, I paraphrase the radio a lot. I don't give a lot of the radio uh, chatter because it's in the moment. Um, but the reality is, is they pick it up and they put their big boy pants on and they go to work. And by the end of the race, they, they get a result. They get a finish. And like you said, there were a couple of races this year where they passed something in the last lap and got a top 10 or got a top five out of it. And, um, you know, those numbers always sound better than sixth or 11th, you know, but, um, they performed like a championship team and, um, you know, so next year, that's just be one of the four by the end, you know, and I think he can do that. Yeah. Exciting season for sure. Had it, uh, had its ups and downs, but, um, I think what made it most exciting was just the fact that this was probably the first year where we can say he was a legitimate title contender nearly all the way down to the end. Um, and it was noticed. Um, I, if you go to the racetrack, I mean, we, I went to, you know, what, six or seven races this year. You went to a handful of races this year as well. Going all the way back, you know, to his Wood Brothers days to back then where people are like, who's, you know, which frustrated me back then because they're like, who's Ryan Blaney? And I'm like, he's won like six National Series races at that at that time between trucks and Xfinity. So that bothered mm-hmm. me. I'm like, mm-hmm. what do you mean who's Ryan Blaney? To now you go to the track and there's Blaney gear everywhere um which is really really cool to see because before you know especially when we were dave fans uh we're still dave fans but when that's you know who was in nascar that we could root for it was like finding a unicorn Mm -hmm. was it was another dave fan and that's also how a lot of us became friends because you Mm -hmm. don't see that many so you would latch on to somebody that that Mm -hmm. was so now it's just you know blaney fans for days for miles (laughs) which is great (laughs) and you hear the cheers during um driver intros and i think honestly i mean but even between last year and this year he, I think he's gained, you know, thousands of fans. Mm-hmm. Um, the wins oh. certainly help. <laughs> yeah. But it's just been great to see. It's like I'm not – now it's like it's I'm not the only Blaney fan walking around at the track. There are, you know, thousands of us mm-hmm. cheering uh, him on and that Penske team on each week. Yeah, the, you know, I I found my favorite Dave fan and I married her. You know? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, they, they – the you know, going to Daytona this year um, – that's, that's the highlight of my whole year. <laughs> you know, how often do you go to your race and you see your driver win the race and the man in the fashion that uh, we pulled that weekend off to, and to be able to be there with you and your wife. Um, we, we had such a blast with that. Um, so, you know, there are other things that would probably be better than that, you know, winning a championship or getting to the championship four. Or, you know, those things coming up will be great. Um, but this year had so many great things, uh, you know, personally. And, and, uh, so yeah, I mean this, this week, the fun part is this week is still one more week of racing and, um, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about that in the preview. So there's, there's one more week of of fun here. Um, and some fun things can happen. Definitely a bright future ahead for Ryan Blaney and all the Blaney fans out there. There's definitely another week ahead at Phoenix raceway, but why don't we go ahead and jump back into the past as we take our weekly trip through the history of NASCAR. This week in NASCAR history. Up first for this week in NASCAR history, we go back to November 3rd, 1963. Daryl 
Deeringer posts a major upset by driving his Bill Strope Mercury to victory in the season finale at Riverside, California. It's Deeringer's first NASCAR Grand National win. Joe Weatherly, who drives for nine different teams during the course of the season, is declared the NASCAR Grand National Champion. Have wheel, will travel. Up next, we go to November 7th, 1965. Ned Jarrett outruns Bobby Isaac to win the 100-mile race at Dog Track Speedway in Moyak, North Carolina. Moyak, Mayak? I don't know. Someone can correct me on that on Twitter. Jarrett's 13th win of the season helps him wrap up his second championship by 3,034 points over Dick Hutcherson. Say what you want about our current playoff system, but uh, as I've gone through this history book this year, I've seen a lot of drivers' championships decided by three and 6,000 points, especially back in the day. So uh, I don't know. we got some exciting stuff happening now. Moving on to November 5th, 1978. Controversy flares at Atlanta International Raceway as Donnie Allison is declared the winner of the Dixie 500 after the crowd of 40,000 thought Richard Petty had nipped Dave Marcus in a race to the finish. NASCAR scorers failed to notice that Allison had passed both Petty and Marcus with three laps remaining. Rookie Dale Earnhardt finishes fourth in his first start with the Rod Osterlin team. We just totally missed him passing for the lead. You know, I worked in a room with scores for multiple years, and I, I don't know. I uh, Those guys rarely make mistakes, but I, I know back all the way back into in the early history of NASCAR, based on a lot of these things, uh, a lot of mistakes were made, made back then. Let's go to November 3rd, 1985. Bill Elliott rebounds with a victory in the Atlanta Journal 500 for his record-setting 11th Super Speedway win of the season. Elliott tops David Pearson's 1973 record of 10 Super Speedway wins in a season. And finally, November 3rd, 1991. Davey Allison leads the final 60 laps and wins the Pyre Oil 500. Pure Oil, man, I should really know what these sponsors are. Uh, 500 at Phoenix, Rusty, Mike, and Kenny Wallace all compete in the race, the first triple brother act in NASCAR Winston Cup racing since 1961. Well, that's it for this week in NASCAR history. Be sure to tune in to next week's episode of the podcast as we take you on another trip through the history of NASCAR. Ryan Blaney, Weekend Preview. Phoenix Raceway. All right, Steve, it's that time for us to preview the final race of the 2021 NASCAR Cup Series season, the season finale 500, this Sunday, November 7th at Phoenix Raceway. You can catch this race at 3 p.m. Eastern Time on NBC and also on MRN, Sirius XM, NASCAR Radio. But I think it's worth, this is an action-packed weekend, so why don't we just go ahead and just peruse the TV schedule because all three series will be crowning their champions this weekend at Phoenix and... It's also a weekend where they have practice and qualifying for the various divisions as well. So we've only done that, I think, we're doing that seven times total this year, and this is this is the last one. Um, but everything's going to start off on Friday. Uh, you can catch NASCAR Cup Series final practice. It says final practice, but it also is the one and only practice at 4 p.m. Eastern time on NBCSN or the NBC Sports app. Truck Series qualifying is going to follow on FS1 at 5 p.m. Then at 6 p.m. you have Xfinity Series final practice. That's only going to be, though, on Track Pass with NBC Sports Gold or the NBC Sports app. 
7 p.m. NASCAR race day for the Camping World Truck Series starts. Then 8 p.m. Eastern time is when you can catch the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series Lucas Oil 150 on FS1. And I mentioned uh, on Saturday the fact that Zane Smith has made it to the championship four in the NASCAR Truck Series. Ryan Blaney spotter Josh Williams also spots for Zane in the Truck Series. So we want to wish them, them, both Zane and Josh, well. And uh, hopefully they might be able to pick up a championship. Yeah, you know, he got a he got a clock this past weekend and uh there's one more thing to do. And I don't even think Zane is uh signed by anybody for next year. So uh somebody might not want to take a look at this guy cuz uh, he's made the I think he made the championship for two years in a row now. Yeah, and he had a really really decent shot of winning the championship last year as well, but it didn't it didn't work out. So yeah, I'm not sure what it is. I don't know if Zane just doesn't have enough backing. You, you know, a lot of times when you're a younger driver, you need uh, a lot of sponsorship backing. But obviously, he has the talent to get things done out there on the track. All right, let's take a look at Saturday, November 6th, 3 p.m. Eastern Time. You can catch the Arkham Menard Series West Arizona Lottery 150 on Track Pass and NBC Sports Gold. 5.30 p.m. Eastern Time is NASCAR Xfinity Series qualifying. 7 p.m. Eastern Time, you have NASCAR Cup Series qualifying. You can catch that on, so listen to this. So Cup Series qualifying, you can catch it on CNBC, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, or the NBC Sports app. 8 p.m., we have Countdown to Green for the NASCAR Xfinity Series. And then 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time, you can catch the NASCAR Xfinity Series Championship Race on NBCSN and the NBC Sports app. And then the big day coming, Sunday, November 7th. You can catch uh, NASCAR Race Day, 12.30 p.m. Eastern Time on FS1 or NASCAR America at 1.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Because what I find myself on these championship days is just trying to get all the content that I want, whether it's, you know, listening to podcasts ahead of time, you know, watch the Fox. Like I said, NASCAR Race Day on Fox, they have their own show. Um, NASCAR America on NBC, they have their own preview show. And then we go all the way to 2 p.m. Eastern time when Countdown to Green starts on NBC and the NBC Sports app. 2.30 p.m. Eastern time is when the official coverage starts for the NASCAR Cup Series championship race there on NBC. And the post-race show will continue at 7 p.m. So just kind of wanted to run through just all of the content that you can take in. You have an ARCA race, uh, ARCA West race, I believe. You have... Um, the truck series race on Friday of the Xfinity series race on Saturday of the cup series race on Sunday radio is doing broadcasts all day long as well. So, um, if you just want to take in as much as you can, because just remember, this is that last, this is that last weekend, um, to, to take in a NASCAR race in 2021. So just kind of get all the content that you can soak it in, take a look at it. But speaking specifically of this race at Phoenix, again, it is just, the season finale 500 at Phoenix Raceway again, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on NBC, MRN, Sirius XM, NASCAR Radio. The stage breaks are going to come at lap 75, lap 190, and lap 312 for a total of 312 miles. Ryan Blaney, not too shabby at Phoenix. He's made 11 starts there in his career, dating back to 2016. Two top fives, six top tens. And his last two finishes there at Phoenix last fall and this spring, 6th and 10th. Prior to that, 
Um, he did have a 37th place finish where he had a crash there, I believe, with Denny Hamlin. And then he had back-to-back third-place finishes. Also has two poles at Phoenix. And again, we just mentioned there's going to be qualifying this week. So I'm not sure where they're at. We talked about maybe some power plant engine, you know, horsepower struggles with Penske. But I don't know. Maybe uh, he has a shot at, at picking up another pole this uh, this year in 2021. You know, it's interesting with qualifying and how it's changed over the last couple of years, too, that you say that because um, teams qualify the car and then there's no practice after qualifying now. So when they qualify the car, that's it. The car doesn't get touched again uh, and and they race it. So um, some teams put it in qualifying trim and leave it that way and get a good position, but, but start the race, they go backward because they're not you know, in race trim per se. So, um, it could be one of those things where a couple teams do that and put themselves out in front and, uh, you know, see if they can hang on and survive till they make their adjustments, you know? Yeah. In previous seasons before 2020, before 2021, this is what we would have called like an impound race weekend where there's limited practice. They have qualifying and then that's it. You'd hear that a lot impound an impound race, that's basically the format that they've gone with this year when they've done practice and qualifying, which I said has only happened about seven or so, seven or eight times this season. So, um, But it does add a little bit more content, and I, I think we've talked before. I don't know whether it was on air or off air. Um, I love practice and qualifying, uh, specifically qualifying. A lot of the qualifying thing is just I like the opportunity to be at the track a little bit earlier or at the track on a different day, maybe when the Xfinity series race is happening and I get to see cup qualifying. People say that single car qualifying is boring. I like it. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know what it is, but I can also see the fact that when I'm at the track, uh, even when there is an Xfinity series race that day and they're doing cup qualifying, there's not that many people in the stands. I mean, usually for us, that's our opportunity, especially at Daytona. We're in the garage area or we're in the fan zone, standing on top of the garage, watching qualifying, and then also getting to see. I mean, some of it's just that energy. So um, happy that next year, practice and qualifying, at least definitely practice. I don't know if they've made any official announcements, but they have to practice. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll be coming back with this new next-gen car. So we'll get a little bit of taste of that this weekend, and then we'll kick that back off at Daytona with uh, another full slate of practice going out throughout the rest of the year, at least the first time they're in a track. I liked uh, this year there were a couple of the races we went to, uh, Road America uh, and, and Indianapolis Road Course. Um, I liked it that the qualifying was the morning of. I find that really cool. Um, gets more people into the track earlier, so there's not as much of a traffic jam trying to get into there. Um, and we liked it. We really, you know, we made sure we were there early enough to watch all that. So, yeah, you know, if you're going to do it, I like it. I like doing it the day of at least, you know, because you're going to impound. It, like I said, they're going to impound the cars anyway. So let's just do it. Check it that morning. Uh, uh, qualify it that morning and then, you know, impound it for the race, you know. So uh, this week, uh, that's the thing. Like, uh, in, in the history of this playoff format, um, the champion usually wins the race. And I think this is one of the times where the champion may not win the race. It may end up being in both Xfinity and the cup. Actually, I think it may end up being, uh, somebody outside that four who wins the race. And I really think Brian actually has a chance of being a spoiler here. I absolutely think this is the year where the champion doesn't win the race. And we just saw it last week. Alex Bowman, it's a very strong car. 
uh, especially towards the end of that race where he was moving up and passing people. I know that he had a little bit of a skirmish there with Denny Hamlin that they have a disagreement over, uh, I guess, from what I understand, um, and uh, and wins that race. So there's there's just so many guys out there that that have that that chance to win. Plus, um, also, it's, it might just be some strategy if, if some of the championship four, so we haven't talked about them really. So what we have, Kyle Larson, Chase Elliott's trying to go back-to-back, Martin Truex Jr. and Denny Hamlin are the championship four this this year at Phoenix. So if any of those guys run into trouble early on, you might see some other guys kind of backing off a little bit to make sure that they don't get into any trouble. Um, one thing we've seen, which I think is also going to change this year, just based on uh, what we've seen during the playoffs so far this year, is a lot of the, the playoff drivers got a free pass uh, when, when it came to some of the racing. They, they maybe weren't being raced as hard because somebody doesn't want to mess up somebody's championship run. I kind of feel like that's out the window uh, yeah. this year because if that was the case, I know we were saying you know the, the issue with Ryan and the three uh, you know, was kind of some more mutual mistakes. I don't think that would have happened if, if people had that mentality. Um they, I think they are raising these playoff drivers hard because people realize how hard it is to get a victory. And they also have teams and sponsors that, you know, they have to show up for and they have to race for. So this could be that weekend. I would not be shocked across all three series if somebody else spoils, especially, you know, in the Xfinity series. Um, you got John Hunter Nemechek driving for uh, Joe Gibbs Racing in the 54, and that car's won 11 10 or 11 races this year he could easily spoil that and whoever finishes second um we've heard some other people talk this that it would be kind of funny if daniel hemrick um i've seen it on twitter and i've heard it on podcast if daniel hemrick finishes second again but wins the championship you know will he be disappointed um i don't think so maybe a little bit uh but i could see that happening because john hunter nemechek could easily go in and spoil and then there's plenty of guys that come into phoenix in the cup series with the the opportunity to win um but one thing to bring up here, just looking at the past winners here. Let's one, two, three, four. The last four. Also, there's even a couple in here. So the last winner here at Phoenix earlier in the spring, Martin Truex Jr. He's in the championship four. Prior to that was Chase Elliott in the championship race last year. But Joey Logano won there in the spring of 2020. Um, he's not in the championship four either. He and Brad and Ryan all failed to qualify out of the round of eight. But Joey's someone else that's good there. 2019, Denny Hamlin, and then prior to that, Kyle Busch went back-to-back. People always talk about Kevin Harvick being great there. Kevin Harvick was really great there, won four races in a row, um, then won two more races kind of between years there. After that, is Kevin Harvick a spoiler? I think it's a possibility. It seems like he wasn't really a factor at Martinsville this past weekend, except for holding Ryan up uh, on a few restarts. Mm -hmm. Uh, But um, Kevin Harvick's really good there. Kyle Busch could be on a mission um just based on what's happened to him this past week something to prove um he missed out on, a, on another championship so um could kyle bush play spoiler what do you think who you who are you looking at that outside of the championship for and outside of maybe ryan you already said you're confident ryan has a shot is there anybody yeah. else the three and the eight um both those guys you know like i said the equipment is their engine power is showing up and they're they're starting to drive their equipment good enough to be up in the top five every week and uh, like you said once we get to the top five who knows so yeah there's a 
couple different guys that can come out of the, you know outside that top four. And the interesting part about it is those top four, as you race the race, you're only worried about the other three guys. So as you're racing around other guys, hopefully somebody's in your ear giving you the big picture of like, well, I'm racing with the 12 right now, but you know, the other three guys are way behind me or they're two, three spots behind me. And maybe I shouldn't mess with the 12 because, you know, maybe somebody will pass both of us while we're messing around, you know? So there's a lot of guys have to think like that, where uh, if I'm racing with somebody who's not in the top, uh, in the championship four, um, does somebody take advantage of me while I'm, while I'm doing that? So, um, yeah, they, they got to think big picture and they're not worried about stage points or anything like that. Those four guys. So they're, they're racing to win. Now, I'm not sure how much qualifying matters because, again, Chase Elliott went into this race last year, failed pre-race inspection, sent to the rear, started from the rear. Obviously, we know how that turned out when he won his first championship. But, like we said, we've been talking about qualifying already. All the way through the playoffs here, we have been setting the lineup based on the metrics. Uh, this lineup is going to be based on qualifying. So you could be a Denny Hamlin and mess up in qualifying and start 36. You could be a Truex, uh, same deal, uh, start in the back. So it's not going to be the championship four up front like it has been in the past with the round of eight, round of 12, round of 16. Basically, you were going to start one through 16, one through 12, one through eight. That's not going to happen this week. Everyone is going to be, the fields will be set by qualifying. So um, unless... I mean, it has rained, <laughs> it has rained in Phoenix before, <laughs> but I'm for what I understand there is a little to no chance of rain this weekend for all three yeah. uh, three races. But if the heavens did open up, then I guess qualifying is going to maybe set off practice speeds. I mean, there's there's lots of different things they could do. So, um, but do you, Steve, think qualifying will play a factor in this race, or do you think because of what Chase did previously, what Denny's done in the past, does qualifying? I mean, Truex is a pro at coming from the back of the field. <laughs> to the front do you think qualifying yeah. matters i only see yeah. all four of these guys all four are are known to maybe that's why they're in the championship four all four of these guys have failed pre-race tech multiple yeah. times yeah they don't care where they start man yeah, i didn't they, even think about that till just now all four of them yep wow yeah, they, they don't care where they start yeah they, they're going to try to start up front so i don't have to mess with it but you're right they'll make a fail inspection <laughs> you know end up end up back somewhere in the back i mean so I don't know. I don't, it's just racing with people. That's the thing is who you're racing with at what point in time. And Phoenix does so many weird things with the dog leg and, uh, they have changed the front stretch and the back stretch around. And, you know, sometimes you go down inside that dog leg and, and go, you know, on that surface and then come back up onto the track. Um, I don't know how that's even, <laughs> how that even works for some of them guys. And sometimes they just dive bomb it in there and hope by the, by the time they get to the turn that they've cleared the other guy and, uh, it, it gets, it gets kind of hectic and crazy. So it just mainly those four guys staying, uh, you know, away from other people's mistakes, you know, and uh, I'm sure what TV would like and, and what NASCAR would like is for those four guys to be battling it and be all in the top five, basically at the end. But, uh, like I said, I really see like three or four other guys who can get their way into that top 10. And then once they're there, uh, they're trouble, you know, and, and in a good way, you know, I think spreading out the top, top uh four guys a little bit might might be something interesting 
So again, Ryan Blaney, 11 starts at Phoenix Raceway, dating back to 2016, two top fives, six top 10 finishes. He's led about 150 laps there in his career, including 94 laps back in the 2019 spring race, Uh, two poles at the track as well. Um, You can catch the race again. But prior to the race, why don't we go back to, to that practice on Saturday? You can catch the NASCAR Cup Series. Uh, sorry, it's Friday. Gosh, I got my days all mixed up. Friday, you can catch the practice NASCAR Friday, Cup yeah. Series practice at 4 p.m. Eastern Time on NBCSN or if you have the NBC Sports app. Then on Saturday, we got qualifying that's going to be coming up at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, so it's going to be. Well, I guess it won't be qualifying. I was going to say, it's going to be qualifying at night. No, never mind. This is Phoenix. It'll still be daytime there at that point. 7 p.m. Eastern Time, NASCAR Cup Series qualifying, CNBC, and the NBC Sports app. You can catch the race as well. Uh, You can watch the pre-race show, 2.30 p.m. Eastern Time, NASCAR Cup Series championship race on NBC, NBC Sports app, also streaming on Peacock. So we went through Ryan's stats. We went through how you can catch the race. Do we want to play a little championship winner predictions? Yeah, I mean, I guess we should predict, but I, oh man, it'd be a shame if Larson doesn't win. It really would be a shame. I think he's earned everything he's done this year and to the point where they're just so strong, but this is that 750 package and you know, it, it's kind of a toss up and that the two, uh, the two Gibbs cars <laughs> both have great drivers. So, I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's youth versus experience here. You know, you got the two Gibbs guys who've been around a while and the two Hendrick guys who are younger. And, um, we know what chase did last year. He destroyed them, you know? So <sighs> I really do. I would, I want it to be Larson just because I think he's earned it this year but yeah i'm just gonna say larson echo that so i mean if it helps i mean you've already predicted but just going back to the spring race truex was first hamlin was third chase was fifth larson was seventh so they all hung around the top five top ten so my um my prediction and i mentioned this to you a couple of weeks ago uh before anyone was even locked into the championship four and that was that kyle larson was not going to win the championship. Oh, that's right. You did say that. I still believe he's not going to win the championship. It's not like a me wishing. So don't. if anyone's listening to this, don't take that as me wishing that he doesn't win. Um, I think it's more of a toss-up. Um, one thing that's great is the fact that we don't have a situation like last year where Kevin Harvick wins nine races and he's not in the championship four. So the good news is, is probably the four best drivers of the year have made it uh, statistically mm-hmm. into the championship four. Um, so that's great. We've, we've made it here. Now everyone can battle it out at this point between the four of them. Um, but I don't, I, I don't think he does. And I think Denny Hamlin finally gets the proverbial monkey off his back. Uh, already has a hall of fame career. Regardless, he steps away today. He's going to the hall of fame, but I think he finally gets uh, a championship and, um, you got to remember Hamlin when he faces adversity, he runs well, um, historically. So I, and I, I know he had this big temper tantrum on the front stretch last week and, um, 
Yeah, again, I'm not even wishing. I don't wish. <laughs> I can't even say that I wish Denny Hamlin wins the championship. I just think he will. Uh, I think it's really difficult to repeat, so I don't think Chase is going to be able to repeat as a champion. Uh, if he does, that's great. It's one of Ryan's you know, best friends. Good for him. Um, Truex, I think it's going to be something in the pits that's going to stop them from winning because I saw it in person happen at Homestead. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've seen it happen in other Championship 4 occurrences where something weird happens. I mean, that Homestead race that I saw, they mismatched the tires. Um you know, that's, uh, I think that was the end. Of, that's when Cole Pern decided he was going to step away and what was kind of after that mistake. Um, so, yeah, I just don't think it's in the cards for Truex. I don't think it's, I think it's going to be too difficult for Chase Elliott to be able to repeat. And uh, I think Kyle Larson, the way that he raced at Martinsville, I know Martinsville and Phoenix aren't the same, but he really struggled. I mean, struggled as far as a Hendrick car can struggle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but compared to dominating races, I mean, he led the first part of this race, but it's only pretty much because he started on pole. So um, I think he's going to continue to struggle this next week and won't be able to seal the deal. So Denny Hamlin is my prediction for uh, this week's championship finale at Phoenix. My Ryan Blaney prediction. So just wanted to bring this up is that uh, he needs to finish top five um, for me specifically <laughs> because I, I i've been following along his stats all year long and it just really bugs me the fact that regardless career year for ryan blaney three wins automatically makes it a career year but the the stat that's bugging me is top fives the last two straight years he's finished the year with 11 top fives he's already set a he's already set a career mark in top tens with 19 more than he's ever done before his previous high was 18 in 2019 but this year, so far, only 10. 10 top fives. I need him. I need you, Ryan, to get to that, that 11 top fives to at least match your career high the last two years. And then statistically across the board, nearly in every category, uh, except for laps led. He's behind in laps led, and he's behind there in top five. So I think Ryan Blaney will end the year strong with a top five at Phoenix. Um, hopefully that top five is a win. Yeah, the, the race within the race, too, for um, guys outside the top four is kind of interesting because they do look at uh, finishing fifth in the points as I have actually a big deal for the rest of the guys. And Ryan is seventh in the points. I, I believe you said he was like 20 back of um, Kozlowski. So, I mean, is it catchable and doable? Definitely is. And, um, you know, past, I don't know who was who in, uh, was in sixth there, but, yeah. you know, if he can get himself to fifth in points, that's a big deal, too. Because uh, it's fifth in points, fifth in the owner's points, um, you know, it's it's big money d- uh, difference between the seventh and fifth. Yeah, so the main thing here, again, don't want to ish- wish ill will on a teammate, especially Brad Keselowski in his final race after 12 years at Team Penske. Brad is holding down the fifth position in points, minus t- 2,677. Ryan is in seventh. Between Brad and Ryan is Kevin Harvick. Um, Harvick is at 2,682. Ryan and Joey Logano right now are tied technically, but I believe Ryan has the the tiebreaker right now. They both have 2692. So they would need Brad. Brad would have to have some sort of a catastrophic failure early in this race, doesn't get any stage or just doesn't get any stage points and finishes bad. Uh, but it's a possibility uh, that 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 could happen again. Don't want to wish any ill will on a teammate, but it could happen and it would be good because like we've said before, uh, fifth looks better than sixth or seventh or 
or eighth or something. Uh, it does look like, for the most part, he's probably at least going to finish in the top ten in points. Ideally, in the top eight, at least, since he made the round of eight this past year. So, um, wishing all the all the good vibes towards uh, Ryan, the pit crew. And then also, we just have to mention, I mentioned a little bit earlier, just in passing, but Todd Gordon, his last year, uh, at least for now, atop the, the pit box for Team Penske, Ryan's going to get a whole new crew chief next year. But it is Todd's last race as a crew chief for Team Penske. And Ryan, I know, has mentioned it as well. He kind of wants to try to get Todd one more win. He's got him three wins this year. It's probably maybe more than Todd kind of anticipated and, and went out with a really, really strong year. I know when he announced his retirement, they were kind of struggling a little bit at that time, but uh, Ryan's been able to go ahead and win back-to-back uh, right going into the playoffs. So, Todd Gordon, we wish you well as well in your next endeavor. All right, Steve. You want to talk about, you want to talk about the fantasy? Huh? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So, Steve, here's my, my thoughts on fantasy. Um, when... Before the two and the nine got together, I was in the top three <laughs> as 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 the points as we run. Um, I believe I, I was actually uh, was in the top three at that point, and unfortunately, that's not really where where things shaked out. So let me just go through what my my starters were, so you can have an understanding here. So I started Chase Elliott, Martin Truex, Joey Logano, Ryan Blaney, Denny Hamlin. And I had Brad Keselowski in the garage. I probably should have brought Brad out of the garage, maybe even replaced Ryan or probably Joey. Um, definitely either of those two. Um, but I didn't. I think I was too wrapped up in the drama that was happening, so I didn't even think about it. So the move would have been to bring Brad up into the into the lineup. For my bonus picks, I had Chase Elliott as the winner. I had Chase Elliott as the top Chevrolet. I had Ryan as the top four, Truex as the top Toyota, and I had Chevrolet, Hendrick Motorsports as my last two bonus picks. So when Chase was leading, I was, I think, you know, 10 points out of out of first in, in points as they run, but that did uh, not end up working out. Who'd you have? Well, I had um, in the lineup itself, I had Kyle Busch, William Byron, Brad Keselowski, second, third, and fifth. Um, I had Harvick and Elliott there. Uh, Truex in the garage, which if I had to put Truex in, I would have finished even better. Um, I didn't really get any bonus, you know, bonus pick points really uh, comes down to it. I mean, I tried to, you know, leverage Ryan winning and top forward and Todd Penske. And, and then I had Larson as the top Chevy and Hamlin as the top Toyota. So really didn't get a lot of bonus points there. Um, but the lineup was pretty strong, um, nice. you know, with a couple guys that finished in the top five. Um, if I would have took Truex out of the garage and, replaced maybe Harvick or something like that. It wouldn't have been even better, but, uh, you know, not bad overall, um, for the week for me. So, yeah, let's take a look at the top finishers and points earned at Martinsville Speedway and the team Blaney NASCAR fantasy live league. And first we had Blaney FT NASCAR with 221 points. Second cool guy, two K third glitter bugs, fourth go Larson, fifth moon cup, sixth pea shoot bill, seventh, your team mess 12 with 198 points. Tied for 7th, Bulldog 0277, ninth Sam Speedsters, and rounding out the top 10 was Spider Monkey with 196 points. My team, ugh. so like I said, I think I was in the top 3 when Ch- while Chase was leading because it was all based on Chase winning and all those various things. I ended up falling down to the 19th position with 183 points. 
Let's take a look at the playoff standing. So this is just the races, just the points earned throughout the playoff races this year. In first, we have Team Penske. In second, Spider Monkey. Third, Doug K0525. Fourth, Moon Cup. Fifth, No Hesitation. Sixth, Clyde's Chicken Pit Racing. Seventh, Go Larson. Eighth, Supermod. Ninth, Blaney Kicks Beep. And man, rounding out the top ten in playoffs. Standings, Mez 12, 1,833 points, and in 11th, Team Blaney Admin, 1,821. So just in the playoff standings, I am nipping at your heels right now, and I think you've actually eclipsed me. I think I have fallen. <laughs> yeah, fallen a little la- bit. I-, I, don't, I don't know if you you listened to last week's pod um, when you're, uh, you're a little busy, but uh, uh, yeah, I told you I was going to pass you. Yeah. <laughs> and you did. so here's where all the big bucks pay uh not really um in the overall league standings for the team lady nascar fantasy live league in first still and i think at this point it might be an insurmountable lead but maybe not unless if if uh, old clyde here forgets to set a lineup maybe that'll be a problem here but overall first place clyde's chicken pit racing 6928 points in second, we have Doug K0525. So I think it's really going to be between these two. 6,856 points. Now, Doug here needs to have pretty much the perfect lineup. And he needs Clyde here to forget to set up his lineup or have, you know, the back marker teams in the lineup. I'm not sure. It's really going to take a lot here. But it's looking more like more and more like Clyde is going to uh, win this win this thing. So third, we have Moon Cup. Fourth, we have Blaney Kicks Beep. Fifth, Spider Monkey. Sixth, Rogue Tough. Seventh, Go Larson. Eighth, Glitterbugs. Ninth, Super Mud. And again, in the overall standings as well, Mez 12. Rounding out the top 10, 6,520 points. My team, man, from the beginning of the season all the way to the end, I've hung around the same positions. 20th place, Team Blaney Admin, 6,278. I think roster-wise... I don't know. Preview roster here. Chase is probably in it. Truex is probably going to be in it. Hamlin. I mean, I'm probably going to have all the all the championship for drivers there. So Chase, Truex, Larson, Hamlin. I may throw Brad in. I may throw Ryan in. Um, actually, you know what? I'm out of Ryan. So I used up Ryan and in, in, at Martinsville. So um, anyone specific? Are you are you going to have the championship four? And do you even have enough starts to have the championship four in your lineup? <laughs> Of the championship four, I have Martin Truex. Ah, well, it's not a bad one to have left. Yeah, so I've got one guy at least. Um, I still have a use for Brad and Kevin. Uh, you know what? I got Tyler Reddick here I could use. Kurt Busch I could use. Bowman I could use. Um, Byron. So, yeah, I, that sounds like some of the guys I'm going to end up going with there. Um, you know, still bonus pick-wise, I can always take uh, – you know, championship four guys to win, win the race and be the top Ford or top, or I'm sorry, top Toyota or top Chevy, you know, and so forth. So that's, that's my play probably just to get, uh, get the, get those bonus points in there. Hopefully get one of those four guys to, to do something in the bonus. So, um, but yeah, that's, that's what I'm looking at, uh, this week. I only have one championship guy. So, 
So like we said, it's never too late. <laughs> it's still never too late. You can at least try to come in and beat us in the in the points earned at, at Phoenix if you jump on the Team Blaney NASCAR Fantasy Live League. If you were a part of the league and you haven't set a lineup in a while, just jump in there. Just have some fun and see what happens. And we're going to keep the league going next year, I'm sure. I, I, I promise to do better next year. <laughs> because truthfully, I screwed a couple things up this year. And, I, and I, I'm looking at it point-wise, and I probably could have been at least a hundred points better. And that would have put me up like sixth or fifth place, you know? So I promise to do better next year. I'm, I'm coming, I'm coming hard next year. I'm looking for Clyde. All right. And speaking of, and speaking of Clyde, whoever Clyde is, get a hold of us on Twitter or something. Let us know. Cause, uh, like I said, I think we need to do something for you. And, uh, you know, that he, he did an excellent job this season. Amazing. Really, really cool. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing picks. All right, Steve. So like I mentioned, like we've mentioned, last race of the season, there's a lot on the line, probably a lot of drama ahead of us at Phoenix. So if I was if I was you, I'd be blocking out my weekend, trying to catch as much NASCAR as possible. I know there's a lot of other stuff going on here between uh, the NFL and college football, but plenty of NASCAR content to take in this weekend. Also worth mentioning, there's a couple of guys in the Cup Series that we're not really sure if they're going to be back in a Cup ride next year. Matt DiBenedetto's making his last start in for the Wood Brothers in the 21 after two races with that team. Um, Matt's been a pretty decent teammate, I would say, to Ryan. Hasn't really shaken anything up, didn't do anything wrong, I don't, I don't think. So kudos to Matt for being a, an affiliate teammate out there with the Wood Brothers car. His future is uncertain. Uh, I don't know, really know that there's a cup opportunity for him. Um, the other one is Ryan Newman in the six car. It's his last start in the six car for Roush Fenway Racing as Brad Keselowski Ryan's current teammate is moving over there as a part owner and taking over the six car. So those are just a couple of the guys that this might be your, the last time you see them run in the cup series. Um, probably more of a chance of Matty D coming back and, and doing a ride, getting a ride. Maybe he, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't know what he's going to end up doing, but um, last ride in the 21. So um, between that and all the drama and the championship, the champions being crowned, I think there's a lot to watch this weekend. Yeah. The, uh, you know, it's funny you mentioned that about those two guys. Uh, there's something to be said for having a, a good, solid driver drive your car. Um, a week or two ago, Parker Klingerman jumped in a, in a car and finished top 20. And um, no offense to some of the back markers that are out there, but uh, Klingerman showed that if you're a good enough driver, you can take equipment that's not necessarily the greatest equipment and do something with it. So I'm, I'm really hoping to see those two guys find something between now and next year. Uh, maybe even if it's uh, down a series or in the truck series or something, but uh, you know, yeah, this weekend I'm, I'm still excited. I, I felt down after the race uh, last week. Uh, but then, like I said, I, I kind of like did a little bit of retrospective of the whole season as a whole. And uh, I still think that Ryan can go out and win this week. You know, I'm, I'm pretty hopeful like that every week to b- begin with, you, you know, I'm pretty optimistic, uh, on how uh, they approach every weekend and how good a team he really has around him. Um, and they've obviously proven that a couple times this year. So I really think that this week should be a fun weekend. I think that qualifying is kind of a good thing for Ryan to do practice. You know, everybody's talking about being able to do some practice. So let's see what kind of adjustments, um, you know, you're talking about adjusting ride heights and stuff like that. So hopefully they get all those things right before the race so that, uh, maybe the adjustments are minor most of the race and uh, they can run up front all day. That, that'd be a, a good way to end the season, you know, end it on a high note, get yourself a great finish, 
And, uh, you know, next year, uh, it really looks like it should be an exciting year. Looking forward to it, looking forward to it, looking forward to the, this last race of the season. Also looking forward to what might be our last podcast episode of the season, uh, unless we do something here and there during the off season. So be sure to in to tune into next week when we recap championship weekend and possibly maybe just take a little retrospective retrospective look back at the 2021 season overall for ryan so lots to look forward to this weekend and then going into our our next podcast episode but for now i want to thank you everyone for tuning into this episode of the team blaney podcast if you'd like to learn more about myself or my co-host steve please listen to our very first episode that dives deep into how we both became fans of the blaney racing family if you'd like to interact with us, you can find Team Blaney on Twitter at Team Blaney, on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Team Blaney, and on Instagram at Team.Blaney. Don't forget to also download, rate, and subscribe to the Team Blaney podcast on the Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and now newly last week on the Amazon Music and Audible apps as well. You can find all the Team Blaney podcast episodes there. Um, Once again, to close out the show, we want to remind you to check out the Ryan Blaney Family Foundation. This organization, established in 2018, supports causes that have closely impacted the Blaney family, including the Alzheimer's Association and UPMC Sports Medicine. You can find out more about the foundation on its website, ryanblaneyfamilyfoundation.org, or on Twitter at rbfamfoundation, and finally on Facebook at facebook.com slash rbfamilyfoundation. So, for my co-host Steve Mez... I'm Adam Rogers. We'll catch you next time right here on the Team Blaney Podcast. Good night, Dublin. Good night, Brussels. <laughs> <laughs>